0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 302 with Nicole Walters. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 302. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms By age 28, Nicole Walters was a highly paid executive at a Fortune 500 company managing multi-billion dollar accounts, but something wasn't right. My job was feeding my family, but not my soul, she says. So in the year 2000, Nicole quit her corporate job on public live video, by the way, and opened her own business and product development consulting firm, The Monetized Life. As her audience ramped up, so did her revenue. She made $11,000 in her first three weeks of working with small business clients full-time. Now, when she's not hanging out with her husband and their three adopted children, she shares her secret for earning, quote-unquote, passive income with other entrepreneurs through her wildly popular online course, 1K One Day. I teach people how to add commas to their bank account, says Nicole. They learn that they don't have to trade time for money. So I am trying to remember how I found Nicole. I think I stumbled upon her in an Instagram rabbit hole and was immediately sucked in to her stories. And I saw her on video and I could not stop watching. She's hilarious and compelling and brilliant and emotional, like everything I love in a woman, in a shameless mom. And I immediately was like, this mama needs to come on this show like tomorrow. So I reached out to her and she was quick and gracious in her response, and we got it all set up. And I've just been so excited to share this interview with you, because you're going to hear Nicole's personality and her energy just shine through in this conversation. And you're also going to hear how she has become an overnight mother to three adorable kids. If you follow her on social media, oh my gosh, her kids are just phenomenal. And I say adorable kids, and like two of them are teenagers and probably don't want to be described that way. But they're just gorgeous, phenomenal girls, young women, And her family is just a delight to follow. So I'm excited for her to share her story on here, but I also want you to just go like Instagram stalk the heck out of Nicole like I did, because I think she'll bring you a lot of joy. So listen in to hear Nicole share how she became an unexpected overnight mom to three daughters, the boundaries she built around her commitment to motherhood, even before she knew she would become a legal guardian to her daughters, the hilarious and brilliant ways she shows up, sometimes virally, to motherhood how and why she quit her corporate job online in front of 10,000 people, and her secrets to building a multi-seven-figure business. I love this conversation. I love Nicole's energy. I'm so grateful for her work and the message that she's putting out into the world and everything that she's contributing to help other women and other mamas become more shameless every damn day. So with all that said, let's dive in with Nicole Walters. Nicole Walters, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here, and I cannot wait for this conversation.
1: Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I'm glad I'm here too. It is. So
0: I have to tell you, I love it when I find someone who lives so fully and completely in themselves and shares it so much with the world that they're like just a magnet for energy and like attracting all the right people. And I somehow found you on Instagram. I don't know how, but I do pride myself on being an amazing internet stalker. So I somehow found you and was so drawn to your energy. And I was like, how has she not been in my life like for my entire life? So I'm very (laughs) excited about this. (laughs) Well,
1: look, we're making it right now. Let's look forward.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. This is the beginning of something beautiful.
1: (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree.
0: (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're excited about right now. So Halloween was yesterday. So this will go live, not for a few more weeks, most likely But, like, what's going on right now?
1: Well, I had an octopus and a sea captain. We have a system. So every year he does trick-or-treating with the kids and I stay home and give out candy, which means I stay home and eat candy. (laughs) And he gets to do the laps with the kids but I also make Halloween costumes. So why I do that to myself? Like, (laughs) I feel like I'm in like a mom competition with myself. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, you're never gonna win. Let it go, Nicole. (laughs) But sure enough, this year, I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna make her an octopus. That's what I'm gonna do. So sure enough, made her an octopus costume. And then, you know, made a little sea captain costume for my husband. And so they went out and did their thing. And Halloween went well. And then I had a sugared up kid to put to bed at nine o'clock.
0: Perfect. And I will tell you, that was a very impressive costume. I actually saw it this morning, and I was like, "That looks like some work."
1: <laughs> ah, it, you know, it wasn't that much work. I go for everything no So That's a ticket. Oh, like, I, I thought mean, you
0: totally sewed a bunch of things on there.
1: Nope, that oh. is the key to parenting. Whenever you are googling, add the word easy no oh. oh, <laughs> So or fail proof.
0: Brilliant, so brilliant. Yes. So if my son gets the smallest hole in anything, I'm like, "Oh well, we have to wait till Lala, who is my mom." I'm like, "We have to wait till Lala comes to town to fix that," because like. I think I do have a needle somewhere, but like I pretend I don't. Cause
1: oh, I have literally I, stapled things together. <laughs> like I've been like, oh, this needs hem. Don't worry. Where's mom's stapler? <laughs> Just make
0: it work. <laughs> My husband actually has a sewing kit. And when we were dating, I was like, I think I should be weirded out that you have a sewing kit and I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Our, not sure our lives are not together. We are barely <laughs> right. ever
1: keeping it together.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I want to dive into your shameless and unique entrance into motherhood. And I actually, I'll tell you, I have not heard this whole story. I'm sure you've talked about it in a million places, but you have a unique story into how you became a mom. And I'm really excited to hear about it because... You, like, became an overnight mom of three, right?
1: Right. Yes, absolutely. So I have a 19-year-old, mm-hmm. a 16-year-old, and a 7-year-old. We just had a bunch of birthdays. That's why I'm hesitant. I know my children. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, but sometimes when I'm upset, I don't know their names. Like, I scream the other one's name, you know, totally. and I'm like, you know who you are. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> get here now. <laughs> get here now. You know who I'm talking about. But, yeah, so, gosh, it's been about four years now that I've been a mom. And essentially what happened was we were – going to dessert <laughs> me and my husband as you know young married couples without Kids and discretionary income and free time tend to do. We were enjoying ourselves. Just right. a uh, last minute dessert date. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I remember what that was like. <laughs> so we're going out, you know, just having a little date. And we met this woman on the side of the road and she had a little girl with her about two years old. And they, you know, were panhandling. And it was clear this woman had some struggles, addiction and, you know, some legal things, those sorts of things. And so we struck up a conversation with her. She mentioned that she had two more girls at home. And, you know, so we said, Okay, well, you know, we're happy to help and support, and just you know, wherever you need help, we'll help. And you know, as I tend to do, I'm the person who, if I find a stray dog, I will like circle the block until I can find the dog's owner. Then I'll, you know, take the dog home for a couple of weeks, and eventually the dog lives with me. And then I pretend <laughs> like it's just like how I am. So I'm like, there's always room for a home, you know, there's always room. <laughs> so in any case it became very clear very quickly that it wasn't just a traditional mentorship situation they didn't just need us to bring groceries and help with homework but they needed way more support and about a month after we met them their mother shared that she'd be going to be incarcerated for about a year mm-hmm. and it was at that point that we said we you know wanted to step in so that the kids didn't end up you know in a formal foster care government situation especially not split up so we took in the girls and then when their mother, you know, had finished serving her time, it was very clear that, you know, they enjoyed the stability of being with us and that we were able to add and help their lives at that point. And so they remained with Mr. and Mrs. Josh at that time and Mr. and Mrs. Josh and Nicole. And so then after about a year and a half, you know, it was just very clear that, you know we would need to get a bigger home in a different school district. And the little one was getting ready to go to school. And we very quickly became mom and dad. And that's what it's been ever since. So, I mean... Wow. Yeah, now we have, you know, three kids and did not expect it. But you know, it's the greatest thing that God's ever done for us. We are beyond blessed and grateful. Like I never would have a million years expected it to ever play out like this. But I mean, our kids are absolutely amazing. Like I actually don't think I could have ever made as like well behaved or good looking children. So I'm like,
0: thank you, Jesus. <laughs> They're gorgeous girls. Oh, my gosh. They are so cute. I mean, the little one is the one I think I see the most pictures of. And Oh my gosh. She is the cutest. I just, I die over and over. Okay. So I have a couple of follow-up questions. So like, were you considering parenthood before this? Like, this is such a leap. So was that like on the radar? Was foster parenting? This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories It feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories. To listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Aquatrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four—yes, three out of four—homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out Aquatrue. Aquatrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove fifty times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS I swear it's like,
1: No, so what happened was, like, we've been married for 10 years now. Okay. So, like, at the time, we'd been married for about six, almost okay. seven. And we we're saying to ourselves, what happened was, like, the year after you get married, I got married kind of young. I was like 22 or so. So, like, when I first got married, everyone was like, Well, you know, when are you going to have babies? When are you going right. to be like the first year? We'll of freak out. And I'm like, Hands off my womb. You know, <laughs> like, give, give me a minute here, you know? Right. And so. What happened was we were feeling that pressure too. So we basically were like, you know what? We have some boxes that we want to check off. Like I knew I wanted to start a business at some point. My husband, he's like really into writing. He wants to write a novel. Like we were just like, mm-hmm. we have stuff we want to do and we're having fun. Let's just agree to not even have the baby talk conversation until like 30. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like once we hit like 30, we we're like, everything should, should still operate fine. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just hold off, right? So we were just going to put it on the back burner. And then we were like, and if at that time God doesn't have it for us, he doesn't have it for us, but we're just not going to even make this pressure. And then what happened was, as soon as we took it off our plate, our marriage got better because we were like, we're not even thinking towards like, oh, we have to buy a house for a kid or we have to do this for a kid or we have to like, it wasn't like that. It was like, let's just live our best lives. And then when the time comes, the time comes. And so. I was twenty eight when I met my kids, <laughs> so we were supposed to start our family about two years ago, and but we already had three kids at that time, so <laughs> everyone knows that kids are like the best birth control you know once mm-hmm. you have kids, you're like, "Oh man, do we really need to do this again yeah. you know and and I got them in all the different stages,
0: so yeah,
1: a toddler, we had a high schooler and a middle schooler, so when you have three girls in all stages, you're pretty much like, I feel like I'm really good at this. And I don't need to do this anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, I totally see how you're like, we've checked all the boxes here, which totally makes sense. So tell me with their biological mom, like, there must have been a point at which you recognize that this could potentially be a forever thing. Were you always on board for like, if this is forever, I'm in. And with that, was there a point where you were like, what if this ends? And how do we go back?
1: Sure, sure. So I mean, I think that, well, my personality, my core personality is like, I like to see things to completion. I'm a finisher, right? So I don't go into anything halfway. And Mm -hmm. you know, this has helped me, it has hurt me, you know, it's just how I am. So with our girls, the way that we've always approached it in our family, and the way my husband and I kind of saw it as we were doing it, it was, we'll always do whatever's next and we won't step back if we don't have to because Mm -hmm. one of the things that people like people always have you know a heart to serve and they'll want to be foster parents or they'll want to like mentor things like that but the thing is with a lot of kids who are dealing with struggles you know whether it's poverty or addiction or family issues they get used to people coming and going out of their lives pretty frequently there's no lack of like services there's lack of consistency so for us the big thing was hey if we're going to do this we're not going to back out of these kids lives that's like the thing we're not okay with so since we knew that that was going to be the case we were like every time there was a stage where it looked like we needed to be committed a little more we kind of sit down and look at each other and say okay so you know the kids are here every single day after school and then we're you know feeding them dinner and doing their homework and then we're running them back home and then I'm picking them up and taking them to school every day then I'm picking them up after school I was like they're spending so much time here maybe it would make sense if maybe Monday through Friday they stayed with us and then Mm -hmm. on the weekends they went home and so it wasn't so much of a you know, like this after their mother wasn't incarcerated, it just wasn't so much of a, okay, we're going to be their parents. It just was, they built that consistency of living with us that going back to it, the, you know, chaos of their previous life, it just didn't work, you know? And so, and we'd already, I mean, like once you own like a potty seat, you know, you're keeping kids, (laughs) you know what (laughs) I mean? Like that's just kind of how that works, you know? So, I mean, we'd already had all the things. So it was like, all right, let's just see if we can make this thing work. And then when it comes to their mom and worrying about whether or not, you know, that's ever going to change. I mean, she's still in our lives, you know, so that's the first part of it. She's still in our lives. And in the beginning, we encourage her to feel like it was co-parenting. So we would always include her in events and we would, you know, pick her up and have her do visits, you know, as was appropriate. You know, we do have some ground rule arrangements around like her health and well-being that are Mm -hmm. required for her to be around the kids, you know, and then we're always with them. But her mom is definitely part of their lives. And we still, you know, do phone calls and we share photos and things like that. But really, their mother was very much a part of the process the entire way. And we always kind of asked her, we said, hey, this is kind of the thing we think makes sense for the next step. How do you feel about it? And if not, you know, what would make you feel okay? Because these are the things that we think make a lot of sense for, you know, your kids well being. And while we may not agree with some of her life choices, we definitely celebrate and respect her as someone who's made I imagine as, you know, I'm not a biological mom, but if I love my kids 99.9% and a biological mom loves them 100, you know, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that no matter what her mental health or physical state is, that any of this would be easy for her. You right. know, so I definitely celebrate her as somebody who's been able to make those tough calls and still try to choose what's right for her kids, despite what she may feel like she wants to do. So, yeah, she's still in our life. And we don't worry about I mean, we have paperwork and things like we are their legal parent. And that was all done willingly and everything was kind of a mutual thing. So she's still in our life and it doesn't feel like we're mom and dad. And if you ask our little one, you know, she's doubly lucky because she has two moms and two dads, two dogs and two houses and two of everything, (laughs) you know. And so, you know, she's a mom and she's got a mommy. She's got a dad and she's got a daddy, you know. And like I spoke with her teacher, she's in the first grade, her teacher said that she explained to her teacher that, sometimes mommy and daddies can't take care of their little ones. So if they're lucky, they get someone who can help them. And then if you're really lucky, you get to have an extra mom and dad. And so that's how she thinks of it. And that's good enough for us.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. I've had a lot of conversations with moms. And I firmly believe families can be made in so many different ways. And I also think that we should really, really celebrate how families can be made in so many different ways. And so I love that verbiage around it. And I applaud you and her biological mom being able to frame it in a way that makes it easy. And I don't know if easy is the right word. Comfortable at least. Comfortable comfortable and clear and simple because then like you can take the thing that could be the hardest, most uncomfortable thing in her life and Mm -hmm. you've like destigmatized it for her. You've made it. So like no one can ever make fun of her or like that can't ever be her Achilles heel because you've already helped her own it.
1: Definitely. Thank you for that. Yeah, there are other things that'll be hard, you know, because when you come from a background like that one, there are things that we'll have to explain when she'll be able to understand the context of them more, you know, challenges that her mom faced and, you know, what exactly was hard for her to that she needed help, you know, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It's just important that she knows that she's safe and loved and wanted and worthy. And I think that what's awesome about our relationship with her, you know, biological mother is that we all are invested in making sure that is the case. So all of our girls, you know, feel that know that and we're just grateful to be part of this whole thing. Like, I don't think I could ever have asked for anything more.
0: Yeah. With the older two girls, because I would imagine that transition for them was a lot different than a two-year-old making that transition. Oh, yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Sure. Yeah. So it was definitely different with our older girls because they'd obviously seen more, experienced more, were more rooted, you know, in their previous lives than a younger one. Our younger one came. She literally has no recollection of living in her previous house. Like we've always been around to her. But our older ones, it was definitely difficult. So it was the most challenging for our eldest one because she came in and after years of Sort of being the adult in the house, if you will, you know, 14, you know, 13, really being in charge of making decisions and making sure her other two sisters were okay. She was finally in a position where you know she wasn't in charge and that's a good thing and a not good thing you know sometimes you know mm. and for her that was probably the biggest challenge recognizing that she's loved and supported and wanted and desired and worthy and then also I think about all the time like she just had so much thrown at her you know good things but it's just a lot to take in, you know yeah. so like things like you know I don't have to worry about food and that is not a constant struggle and you know I went from worrying about simple Maslow's you know hierarchy of of needs like food shelter water well-being safety to only worrying about school <laughs> and that's a kind of boring thing to worry about right. all the time you know and <laughs> you know what i mean like that's not that much fun and then also having you know a crushed timeline so when she came into our home it was like hey you know are you wanting to do college? Yes, I am. Okay. Well then we're going to have to hustle our bustle because your first few years of high school weren't so great because you were home taking care of your sisters. We got to make up the difference. We have to do tutoring, you know, at night so that that way you can get these SATs done in the day. And, you know, there's so many things that she had to, you know, had thrown at her and she really stepped up and got it done. And So now she's in college and, you know, making it happen. But the hardest part, obviously, is the challenge and balance of going back to having your freedom and having learned, having known what freedom was like before, but knowing that life, that style of freedom does not exist in the present anymore because you have a different experience. So that part is, I think, a constant balance for her. And then my middle one, I mean, we got her at like eleven, she'd just turned twelve. So she's very well adjusted. I mean, if you ask her, one of the things she always said was she was like, I always felt like I was born into a weird family. But (laughs) the thing is she looks just like our little one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So obviously you're not some like random child. You know what I mean? Like this is your family. We all have that (laughs) feeling sometimes, you know, but this (laughs) is your family. And she's like, yeah, but you know, for her, she's like, this is where I've always been supposed to be like, you guys are my parents, like this is where I've always been supposed to be. And like, she's like, I acknowledge that I have biological parents, I just really identify with where I am now. Mm -hmm. And she's just really taken to her life. She's a dancer. As a creative, not having the financial means or the supportive household to support that creative side was a really big challenge. And I think that's something especially in relation to poverty, people forget that, you know, when you're impoverished, you know, we talk about kids going to school and getting healthy meals as a basic thing. But if you're impoverished, and you're creatively inclined, you're not getting dance classes, and you're not playing instruments, and you're not painting. And Mm -hmm. that is just a different type of internal difficulty that isn't really discussed more. And that was really her hard point. So now she's in a place where she can, I mean, literally, she came to me tomorrow and said, I want to take, you know, Bikram aerial (laughs) yoga, then we're like, all right, let's do it, you know, so. I think that's her joy. But yeah, it was definitely different with older girls, especially because of age difference, too. So I barely could have given birth to my middle one. Right, right. So that's a weird place for us. And for my elder one, like, we definitely have moments where it's like, I'm mom, not your older sister, Mm -hmm. you know, like, stay out of my closet, you know, things like (laughs) that, you know, which is always which is always, you know, different. You know, it's different. Like my dynamic with her is obviously different than my middle one, but my middle one sees me 100% as mom. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no, you're my older sister, but we have a very open relationship. Like we talk about everything, which is great, but I talk about everything in a, like, I'm not your friend, I'm your mom, but you know, I still love you very much and care about everything. So... Mm -hmm.
0: It's weird parenting. You're figuring it out as you go along. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. And that's like the universal truth about parenting, like regardless of if your kids came to you on the day they were born or not.
1: (laughs) Once I learned that, it really freed up a lot of guilt when I realized like the fact that I don't know anything in the very beginning, oh my gosh, if I didn't know something, I was like, I'm going to screw these kids up. God bless me with these kids and I'm going to screw them up. Like, because I don't know how to, right. you know, like I missed a school activity or I wasn't the secret reader for kindergarten or, you know, like how did I mess that up, you know? And right. then I found, I realized that, oh, okay, we're all messing up every single day. Oh my gosh, this totally this is literally why kids are hardwired to not even remember anything until the age of five, because that's when we're going to be <laughs> Bestiest, you know. What right. I mean? So, so it works out really, really well.
0: I love that. So, I know you really openly showcase the imperfections of motherhood in loud, powerful, and sometimes viral ways. And I want you to tell us about. And anyone who doesn't follow you on Instagram, like push yeah. pause and go follow Nicole on Instagram <laughs> right now, because her stories are amazing. Like you will just get trapped in not trapped. Trapped is a negative word, but you'll get trapped in the best way. Like listening to her stories and just the way that you show up on social media is so fun and engaging. But I want you to tell us about your hot roller moment and the power of that message, which beautifully encapsulates the imperfections of motherhood. So...
1: It was the first day of school. We just moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and my seven-year-old has a very bold personality. So she comes to me, and she says to me the day before school, she's like, Mom, I don't have a back-to-school outfit. And it's the weirdest thing because I look at her, and I'm like, how does she even know about back-to-school outfits? And like, what is she talking about? And is this a thing? So, of course, I go to Google. I'm like, are back-to-school outfits a thing? People are like, yes. And I'm like, oh. Uh. <laughs> and then she's in bed now at this point, so it's probably like 8, o'clock, and I'm like, there is nothing open. And then I find like a 24-hour Walmart. So I'm like, all right, great. I'll head out there. I'll get her back to school outfit. So I go to Walmart. I spend all this time freaking out. Like I have to get lunch stuff. I need to get, you know, I can get all the things. I'm going to pull it together. My kid's not going to be the disaster on the first day of school. I'll figure it out. So everything's great. I get her ready the next day. I find like some sort of little outfit she can wear as long as it's pink. We're good to go. Sure enough, we get her ready for school. And then someone, I don't know if it's someone commented or someone said a message on I can't remember how it came to me. You know, I have a lot of, we call them internet aunties who kind of help support. They've seen the journey of us getting our girls for the past four years. And so they kind of look out for me here and there. And I think one of my internet aunties mentioned, Hey, you know, you just moved to Atlanta. And I just want to let you know the kids wear uniforms out here oh ma'am I almost hit the wall I was like you've got to be kidding me like it is the first day of school the kids are transitioning and there is no way that I want to be that kid it's almost as bad as if your kid is the biter in class right. like for you to show up like half late for the day you don't have anything together you're a disaster I was like this is a mess so then I'm like alright we have to go into Walmart again find uniforms praise God we found ones that were the right size you know like and so changing her in the fitting room running her to school and then i'm like i need to bribe her teacher like because it's the first day she's gonna remember her as the kid who came in late like a disaster so i'm like you know if you need anything like kleenex school supplies spa gift cards like i got you, girl you know? right, right. So, like just doing whatever i can but it was just one of those moments where i was like like how am i gonna get this right i'm such a hot mess but it all came together in the end But yeah, I tell the story, the the ups and downs and nuances, all the funny things that my kid had to say along the way, how I avoided the cashier because I didn't want to be like triple shamed, you know, at the Walmart. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of my stories that go viral are about, you know, this funny life that is parenting. And I think that one has like a million views or something like that. So,
0: And you're living it out loud. And I think that like the most powerful thing that we can do is own the mess that is motherhood in like loud ways because then it gives everyone else permission to not be perfect
1: absolutely and we're not you
0: know what i mean and we're not like that's never the goal
1: it's never the goal and it just blows my mind because you'll see these people on social media and these like curated photos with perfect lighting of these moms that have already gotten their post baby bodies back and like they're looking so amazing they're wearing yoga gear they're balancing their kid on their back their kids giggling and i'm just like you know what like I'm a disaster. I have peanut butter in my hair. I don't know how it got there, you know, like and, – and I'm certain – that most of you guys are like me too. And somehow there's peanut butter in my hair and I feel guilty. That's the other part. Like I feel guilty about somehow. Like, how is this a thing, you know? And I think that just kind of allowing ourselves to grant ourselves some grace and know that we're not gonna be all the things and have it all figured out is just so, so key. And I like sharing that message.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a really important message. I also wanna talk about one of the other things, and I think this was another one of your, one. I was gonna say your viral situations, but one of your other viral yeah, videos. yeah your oldest daughter had gone to college. And this speaks to what you were referencing before in her journey as a child who had to grow up really early. So she went to college and kind of disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I want you to tell the story of her disappearing, you going to find her and also speak to like how that ties into where she was in her journey, kind of having the experience of having had two families with very different sets of circumstances.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in her previous life, she definitely had parents that kind of were like, come and go as you please. And don't really, you know, distract us with your needs and things like that. And, you know, when after living with us for four years, then going off to college, you know, it really was a situation where I was like, oh, I get my freedom again, you know, and I get to kind of go back to what I know. But her previous interaction and experience with that freedom wasn't one where it involved structure. And it wasn't one that involved, you know, we'd provided structure for her after the fact. So what happened when she went to college, and it was like in the first three days and we just like did not hear from her like at all I mean she just totally ghosted us and it was one of those things where it's like one I'm paying your tuition which means ghosting is not permitted right like that's not an option it doesn't mean I need to hear from you every five seconds but it does mean that we aren't believers in out of sight out of mind you know what I mean like just because we can't see you doesn't mean we've stopped caring it doesn't mean that we stop being invested in what's happening with you like you're gonna talk to us so that I felt the need to remind her that in a way she wouldn't forget. So <laughs> we're entrepreneurs, me and my husband. So we took the day off and we just drove up there. And, you know, we found her on campus and we were like, hello, surprise. We love you. We're what here. every new college student <laughs> wants is an unannounced
0: yeah, visit from their parents.
1: parents. Just let her know like, hey, we're here. We exist. And we're so excited to see you. And I mean, the thing is, our kids really get us. So she got a really good laugh out of it. And, you know, she understands that like that is how... We like lovingly remind her of how much we, you know, care, but it also is one of those things where it was like, yeah, you know, I understand that it was different for you before, but we are invested in every single interview. Every single part of you matters to us, everything that you're doing, everything you're going through. And I think that that was a good message to send.
0: Absolutely, I think that's such a powerful way to show your kids that you will show up for them, no matter what. and obviously, you know, there was some special circumstances around this situation from a child who had come from such an independent place to have that reminder that like we're here for you no matter what, and like you were not letting you off the hook that easy. Right. but I think that this also applies to other parenting relationships, and you know, I don't think it only applies to kids who maybe you've had a, an extreme form of independence earlier in life. I think that to continue to show your kids that you're going to show up for them no matter what and that you're going to care for them so unconditionally i think is really powerful and i think that sometimes as our kids get older we let ourselves off the hook a little bit with that and maybe out of convenience and maybe out of like we want to give them independence and space and let them grow but i also really appreciate the message around like we're still here, we're still connected. You can't escape us for back Absolutely. Of her words. Like Absolutely. Not that-, that easy. Absolutely <laughs> right. Not. Right. Super, super important. So I know that you own your gifts and you're not shy about building a stage to showcase your strengths, which I think is so important. And I think that that's something that a lot of women don't embrace the courage to do. So I want to know when you realized that you wanted to build a life based on your gifts. You are someone who really clearly lives in your zone of genius and I get the sense from hearing you in other conversations and interviews via my internet stalking that <laughs> that, that, that was not the life that your parents prescribed to you. Right. And so this was something that you had to like be really conscientious of. Like, you know, I was told raised believing that a different route was the best route, correct route and right route to go and then you decided to take a really sharp turn and embrace your gifts. Can you talk about that? This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was raised by immigrants. You know, my parents worked really hard to come to this country and to save up and do everything the way they're supposed to. And so for them, it was, you know, we really, really struggled and had a hard life and we would love to see you, you know, kind of go the more conventional route and want you to get an office space and we want you to have a traditional job. And I mean, I understood, appreciate and acknowledge their intent behind that. But gosh, I am just too much to stay. In a box or a cube, you know, like it's way too much energy. Sitting in a seat all day for eight hours a day was just torture for me. So it was tough because I d- still did all the things I was, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do. And I got that job and I got that life and I was a six figure earner and I was working in corporate America. But the reality was, you know, I had a job that fed my family, but it didn't feed my soul. I felt yeah. like I was lacking, and I also knew that I had more to offer. And I decided that what I wanted to do was to take the skills that I was using in corporate America every single day to build these multi-billion dollar corporations and apply them to people I thought they'd really count with, like everyday moms and everyday entrepreneurs and people who had a passion and a purpose, but just didn't understand the business logistics to make it happen. And so that's what I did. I started tracking my journey online to building this business and, you know, taking on my first few consulting clients and launching my first course, 1K One Day Academy. And then I ended up quitting my job. And I also did that online.
0: In yeah, front of so tell 10. us about that. Another yes. really great story. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. tell, I'm probably I, asking you to tell like every single thing. You're like, oh the my stories. God, I, I tell all these stories all the time.
1: <laughs> I, I'm telling you. That's what I mean when I say my life is pretty crazy. No, I quit my job live online in front of 10,000 people. It wasn't outright planned for me to quit online. I did plan on sharing that story with my online community. But what happened was I went online to say, hey guys, today's the day I will be back after I'm done. And everyone was like, Oh, not too fast. You can keep us on the line. And we want to see you go through this moment as well. And so I did. And it was amazing and transformative. And people said it really allowed them to really see a moment that they may have feared for themselves and realize, you know, I didn't explode immediately (laughs) after it happened, you know, so it was a pretty amazing experience. And I did that, and after I did that, my business just it boomed, and I really was able to help you know thousands of people. You know, we have several millionaires within our community, several hundred thousandaires in our community, and even better. I mean, it's nice to have those you know big winners, but it's also nice to know that we have families you know that have worked within our community using either going through our course or working with me directly that are now able to like take their kids to Disney World because yeah. Disney is expensive, you know, and being able to. You you know we have people who've retired their husbands or people who are able to say you know we can pay for private school and it's just these are the things that really matter sometimes it's about taking that side hustle getting it to make you know some really reasonable coin extra cash so that that way you're able to take some breathing room in your life you know and plan for bigger things it's not always about quitting everything live online and having you know your own fancy pants business sometimes it's just about being able to enjoy the better things in life and i think that what's great is I'm able to do that for people every single day. And that's exactly where I'm supposed to be.
0: I love that. One of the sayings I really love is make space for your future. And so by you quitting your job, you made space for this community so that you could really nurture this community and grow this community and support people in the way that allowed you to be in your zone of genius to support Mm -hmm. rather than like you could still be adequate in your old job and be adequate in corporate America, but that wasn't a place where you could really shine and really support other people in finding their best life as well. And I think that when we make space for our future, that's where things really start to grow in ways that we could never have imagined beforehand, which can be uncomfortable and scary for sure, but can also be tremendously, you know, profoundly life-changing. And so I imagine that in you making space for your future in that way, that other people in your community, like gave them permission to make space for their future. And is that something that you've seen? I'm sure that's something that you've seen happen routinely, but talk a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. It's also something that we encourage, you know, within our community, we always say, Hey, you know, if there is something great that you're supposed to do, we only ever have what 100% of our time. So if you're like, for me, family's first, Family's the most important thing. I never thought I would have the family I have. And it's the most important thing for me to nurture and care about. And part of why I quit my job was because I wasn't able to spend time with my family the way I wanted to. And so I needed to create space and my family was my new future. So where I had this amazing corporate job that had me on planes and traveling and doing all these cool things at the end of the day I wanted to make sure that if you know my four-year-old at the time needed me to spend more time with her I wanted to be able to do that and that was my priority and especially getting my girls the way that I did it's like I missed so much already that I want to be here for the rest of it so Totally, totally you know it was my future in my context wasn't necessarily a future in business so much as it was a future with my family and what happened there was I ended up making space within my business so that that way I was able to do that so so, yeah, you've got. you you've just got to decide what your priorities are and then go for them.
0: Right. What have been the best surprises and the biggest challenges since you took this leap and decided to jump into your zone of genius?
1: Oh, my gosh. The best surprise has been how much fun it is and, like, the wins are so much bigger than I ever could have imagined. Like, every day comes with something, like, new and exciting and totally different from what I thought it would be you don't know what you don't know, you know, so it's like, I had an idea of what I was getting into, but boy, did I have no idea what I was getting into. (laughs) So, you know, that's the really big surprise and the fun of it all. And I would say the biggest shocker has been, much like parenting, you know, I have, this is my business baby, and I don't always know what I'm doing. And there are days where I really have to separate, you know, my emotions around whether or not I know what I'm doing and what I'm getting and not beat myself up for feeling like I should have it all figured out and realize that no one has it all figured out. And it's okay to make mistakes and just grant yourself grace within your business. And you can't be all the things for all the people all the time. And so that's been sort of another learning lesson I've had to apply.
0: Yeah. And that makes, so much sense and I think that I actually was just having this conversation in another interview earlier today that we often think that everyone else has it all figured out and that people are doing things in a really linear way like that people know what steps one through 20 to success are and they're just like working their way like oh so and so is on step 13 and tomorrow they're gonna be on step 14 like like there's this really clear path but like i'll just assume like everyone else has that figured out but i haven't figured it out yet so i don't even know what my steps are like someday i'll get the blueprint in the mail right right i so appreciate when people recognize like I'm kind of making it up as I go along. I'm just taking things as they come. I'm just doing the next right, best thing. And that's That's the best I can do. And that's That's fine. That's right. like, and I can't say enough, grant yourself some
1: grace as you go. You will always drop a ball. Like you'll always feel like you could have been home a little bit more. You could have been in your business a little bit more. You could have eaten a little better. You could have worked out a little more. I mean, at the end of the day, when are you going to stop beating yourself up and just start enjoying the life that you have? Right.
0: I would imagine Oprah went through the same thing, like, and she probably still is like, it's always just looking at what's in front of you and making decisions around that and thinking about the direction that you want to be going, but not ever really knowing where you're going to end up.
1: Totally. I imagine it's even worse for her because with us, like, I mean, how many places could we be at any given time? Right. And how important Mm -hmm. are those places? Our family being the most important one Mm -hmm. outside of that, like, I could be at work more. Oh, I could be at the gym more. Sure. But Oprah, it's like, I could be in like Kenya digging wells. (laughs) I could be, you know, at, some political rally, doing something there. Right. I could be you running know, being, for president. Uh, I could <laughs> be running for president. I could be, you know, at my Weight Watchers. I mean, she literally all the places are of like huge magnitude, you know. Right, so it's right. like I could only imagine what it feels like, you know, like when she feels like she dropped the ball, you know. Right. So
0: Right. Now I no longer feel like I want to be Oprah anymore. Now that we've framed it that way, I'm like, that sounds really stressful. I don't need to desire that any longer. (laughs) I know. New levels,
1: new devils. I'll take what's meant for me. (laughs) Totally. Totally.
0: Can you speak to how you support other women in starting side hustles and building businesses that are in alignment with their gifts as you've done
1: Absolutely. So my biggest thing that I do is I help these women understand that the same tricks they're using in the corporate boardroom also need to apply to your business. It helps yeah. if you have a roadmap and a strategy that will get you where you need to go, but you also don't have to compromise what matters to you most. And for me, I never want to feel like I have to choose between my kids and my business. And one thing my kids understand is even though I'm spending a lot of time you know, building and growing and investing, they also know at a drop of a hat, I will drop everything. I mm-hmm. mean, if they need anything... I will stop and I will be by their side, they come first. And I help people build businesses that look just like that. So it's important for them to be able to still be with their family, but then I also make sure that their business is profitable. And a lot of people don't realize is we take something that we love doing, but we won't allow ourselves to get paid for it. And whenever that happens, we actually are sacrificing that secondary part that's so important to us, which is our family. So it's really important to get paid well for what you love, that side hustle, so that that way you can be where you want to be, which is with your family.
0: Definitely. Definitely. How would you say your evolution in motherhood has paralleled or intersected with your professional evolution?
1: So it's happened at the same time. Yeah. It's allowed me to. What's interesting was I quit my job maybe probably like nine months after getting my girls full time. So that was crazy because I gave up a six figure salary and gratefully stepped into a multi seven figure one. But it's one of those things where I didn't know that's how it was going to play out at all. Right. But. My girls are my greatest gift to me because they don't realize that when I look at them, I see resilience and strength and I see zero excuses. Mm-hmm. And There's nothing that I am faced with every day that is anything like what they have survived. And so it allows me to be able to you know, let these two things intersect, but also let them
0: both inspire each other. I think that's so important. And I want to just step back because you said this really quickly, and I want to make sure everyone caught this, that you walked away from a multiple six-figure income to go out on your own, and now you have a multiple seven-figure business. And I would imagine that on the day that you quit your job online in front of thousands of people, you didn't feel super confident. That, like I'm doing this oh, so I can go build no. the multi seven figure business. Oh, yeah.
1: No, goodness. No. I mean, actually, I was looking to replace <clears throat> half of my salary, because we'd calculated everything. And it was very clear that if I didn't at least made half of it, I could stay home. Okay. And I'd still be enough for us to Keep our life, not change it, not move it, not improve it, but keep our life. And my priority was my time availability for my children. So when I made that space, you know, I was truly able to really invest my time wisely and grow and build. And, but if I hadn't made that leap, nothing would have ever
0: happened. Nothing would have changed. Exactly. So, what are a couple of the secrets then, to going from <laughs> building something that, like you said, you wanted to you know get half of your salary that you had previously had and to going from that being the goal to multiple seven figures? Give us a couple secrets that you would recommend or ask sure. people to hold on to as we all try to go after that.
1: Sure, sure. So the biggest secret, the biggest thing that I think is that a lot of people don't think about is we often think of it as quitting your job and moving on to something new. And I'm a big believer in hiring yourself. So what that looks like is Take the time now to build a place for you to go. It makes the leap a lot less scary if you have a vision of where you're going. If you are taking you know, 30 minutes a day to really start charting out a place to go, then you're just hiring yourself and you're just making yourself your boss. And when I built that way, the whole time I was working the last couple months, I started building a place to go. I took on my first few clients and yes, I was a little tired and yes, I was a little taxed, but when that quit day came, well, guess what? I had a whole new schedule and it was right. awesome and my boss was the greatest boss I ever could have had. So, you know, that's really what I recommend to people is, you know, looking at it less like, oh, my gosh, I want to get to this quit day. And looking at it more like, hey, I need to hire myself.
0: Yes, I totally agree. I had a gym and I had been in the fitness industry for 16 years. I sold that I went full time into the podcast. And I similarly to you, I was like kind of building one thing as I was anticipating leaving the other and absolutely like what's hilarious. And you might've had something like this too, as I thought, you know, because I was doing these two things together, I was running the gym full time. I was building the podcast, which felt practically full time at the time. So I thought, well, as soon as I sell this gym, like this is how I'm, this is me making space for my future, right? Like I'm going to sell the gym, make space for my future. And then I won't have to work so much and this will be so great. And I remember like the week after the gym had sold and my husband was like, yeah, so do you feel like you have more time? I'm like, no, but maybe next week I will. Well, now it's been like six months and I'm like, nope, still don't have more time. (laughs) It was because I hired myself in a new role and I take it really seriously and I want it to go somewhere really big. And so it doesn't feel like I don't feel, you know, resentful that it's taking as much time as it's taking. But I was laughing because I was like, oh, I thought I made so much space for this. Like I'd be able to take some naps. Nope.
1: (laughs) Nope. That's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. And but you know, what's great is people think that, oh, maybe I'll work less. But the reality is I work more, but I love what I'm doing. It's a different style of work. So the same way that we find ourselves staying up until the middle of the night stitching an octopus costume or hot (laughs) gluing an octopus costume, you wonder where do you find the energy? But it's just like with your kids when you love it and you love what that you do, the energy is always there because, you know, that rewarding smile on the back end is all that you're asking for. Right.
0: And that's how you know you've found the right path. I mean, not right. that there aren't going to be days that are hard or, you know, sure. hours that feel long at times or sales copy that feels painful to write. Yes, but, right. but I mean, like, that's where you know. Like I was so conscientious about that when I decided to start the podcast was I was only going to build a show around conversations that I want to be having like for as long as I can imagine. And that's why I didn't build a podcast around fitness Fitness. and health and wellness Mm -hmm. because I was like, I've kind of done talking about that.
1: (laughs) Sure. No, and that makes sense. You know, I think that being honest to who you are and where you are currently is essential to making sure that you build a business you like. Oftentimes, I have clients that will build a business and they'll say, well, this is what I think I can do. That'll make me money. And I'm like, but is it what you love
0: to do? Right. That's what really matters. So important. Such an important distinction. Okay. So final question. I want to know in what, I mean, you've given us some great examples already, but I want to know in what ways you are a shameless mom.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm definitely pretty shameless about sharing my hot mess. (laughs) It's just kind of I recognize and acknowledge that I'm new to this and I'm not afraid to ask for help. And I'm also not afraid to ask for what I need and what I deserve. And I think those are things a lot of people will really – for some reason, as moms, like we think that we're supposed to do it by ourselves or figure it all out by ourselves. But oh my goodness, moms are the quickest to help other moms get through it. And I know for a fact, I would not be the mom that I am or able to do the things that I do now if it wasn't for like the whole internet world of moms out there. So Mm -hmm. I shamelessly ask for help. And I shamelessly ask for what I deserve. And because I do both of those things, I often
0: get it. I love it. So true. Okay, so I want you to tell us where we can find you because I want everyone to go follow you on social media and connect with you in your business and all those kinds of good things. Sure. Awesome. If people want to learn more, they can head over to NicoleWalters.com. Awesome. And then I will have that linked up in the show notes. I also have a bunch of social media links to put in the show notes as well. So people can find everything related to you over there at shamelessmom.com. Nicole, thank you for being here. This has been so fun. I am honored to have you on the show. When I'm doing my internet stalking and I come across people who have such magnetic personalities, like I want to know their story. I want to talk to them and connect. And so it's always really, really exciting to have those conversations come to fruition. And so I'm so grateful to you for being here and taking the time out of your day to have that conversation with me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure and so much fun. Thank you, Sarah.